Here we are. Welcome to the Heart God Media Podcast, our second annual Halloween episode. Brian, say hello. Hello. Do you think I should move like over here? Yeah, if you feel so okay. inclined. We were picking up your voice fine when we were sound checking, but yeah, that's move true. closer. Move closer if you fucking need to. So, our second annual Halloween episode. How do you feel to be a part of this one? You weren't part of the one last year, but no one was. Yeah, it was, it was. just me. It was just me. No. The one on actual Halloween? No, it was just me. Oh, but we have the Halloween party one, too. Yeah. <clears throat> but today we are talking about Wes Craven's 2005 cluster-fucked yet masterful Cursed. Can we, can we say happy Halloween to everyone first? Happy Halloween. And also announce that Eric Tyler, who often is on this podcast... Is a married man now, so congratulations, Eric. Congratulations to Eric and Jen, and Jen. Um, Jen has never been on this podcast, but she should be. She's been in the background, as is Bridget, so that's all that counts. Um, Good, okay. But also, that's kind of uh, somewhat a uh, cause for our absence, is uh, we've been uh, busy the last, uh, last 10 or so days, so prepping for this wedding and uh, being in it. Mm-hmm. Um, my first time in a wedding. First was time. it your first time? Second time. Second time. What was your Rick? Oh yeah. Okay. But yeah, Wes Craven's cursed. Okay. I mean, and well, this kind of fell into our lap, picking this topic too. Explain a little bit, Brian. Okay. Well, the other night I decided to randomly pop cursed in, and and while I did, I posted about it and and how like, you know. I wish we could see the original cut, or at least one of the original cuts, because a Judy Greer has been quoted as saying there's enough footage for like five, four movies. Yeah. So then Jesse texted me like a, a day later. Yeah. And what did you send me, Jesse? A bloody disgusting article about a former executive for Dimension that has said that the original cut of the film does exist in full fully edited the whole kit and caboodle is still in there and then i read well i sent you that article literally the next day they had posted it on bloody disgusting that day which was yesterday october 30th um so it was kind of coincidental maybe there are no coincidences um it was very happenstantial that that occurred so we why did I? What? Why cursed of all my movies? You know, that I decided to pop in that. I way. know. It's like I have ESPN or something. A fifth sense. Touche. Um, but yeah, it's uh something I stumbled upon. Obviously, loving Wes Craven. I'll never forget when I bought it. I actually bought it at a Save On gas station, October two thousand five. Like right after it came out on yeah. DVD. Yeah. So was that? It was at a Savon gas station. Bought it. Cheap. Probably like 10, 15 bucks. Uh, Loved it immediately. Obviously, knowing the history behind it now, 
we would probably enjoy the other cut more, but it's hard to say. This they took this movie away from Wes. And they 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 raped and pillaged and plundered. And of course we later later found out Weinstein had been doing that to female actresses for a while. Um I have always hated the Weinsteins. Oh, me too. Let me just say they produced a lot of some of my favorite films of the nineties and two thousands and two thousand tens even. But uh, I just, you know, we grew up watching them butcher movies that could have been great. And then Halloween 6, for example, uh, Hellraiser 4, you know, I know a lot of people were done as soon as they, they heard Pinhead was going to be in space. But <laughs> from what I heard, the original cut of Hellraiser Bloodline sounded much more interesting than what we got. And... They ruined the. I mean, they don't even. They didn't even know what they were doing with the Hellraiser series. Eventually, no. they were just pumping out like no budget Hellraiser sequels just to hold on to the rights. I'm getting a little off topic here, but just to hold on to the rights so that they could eventually produce a remake. Although they dicked around Clive Barker, and when he sent them a script for a remake written by Clive Barker, they're like, "Oh, we'll get back to you." And then they did another sequel. Yeah. Insane. That's just the kind of people they are. But I'll, can, I can I talk about what I know of the original cut of Please, Cursed? indulge. indulge and, I mean, I know you, well, some of, you know some of this stuff, too. But I, know, I know a vast majority of it, but maybe I, there's some stuff I don't know. Please, uh, wax intellectually. The original cast included some of who we do see... In the final cut, which is Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg. Um, the the cut that we see, great cast. Yeah. Great fucking cast. Judy Greer, I love me some Judy Greer. Joshua Jackson coming out of fucking obscurity in 05 to fucking reclaim his crown. Yeah, but Josh, Joshua Jackson replaced Skeet. Skeet Ulrich. It would have been great to see him again. That um, would have been... That would have made it all worth it for me. Yes. Maya replaced... Mandy Moore. Mandy that Moore. maybe that wouldn't have made much of a difference for me, honestly. But but I'm gonna jump in with the factoids while you're rattling stuff off. But Mandy Moore was in the original cut. Milo V, who plays the gay jock, was also is in the finished product. But those two co-star currently in This Is Us show on ABC. Great show. Continue, Brian. Interesting facts, Jesse. Thank you. Um, that show's pretty big right now, right? I love it. It's great. Um, Heather Langenkamp. Would have been great to see her in a Wes Craven film again. Oh, yeah. Fucking Omar Epps. I like Omar Epps. He must have, uh, had a relationship from... Wait, it was Mike Epps, right? No, it was it, Omar. It was Omar Epps, It was Omar. Yeah. Elena Douglas. I like that quirky, quirky lady. Corey Feldman. Feld dog. The Feld dog. And you know what? There's little things in Curse that sort of remind me of Lost Boys. I don't know if it was intentional. We'll get into that later. One of the Brolins. I definitely want to hear that. One of the Brolins. He was either Josh Brolin or, or James Brolin. James Brolin was all, like 98 at the time, so I don't think it was. <laughs> him. It was He's probably... not that old. Look it up. He's like an old as shit. Um, besides James Brolin, Robert Forster, who's one Josh of. Josh Brolin, you mean? One of my favorite actors, Robert Forster. Ricci's great. Christina Ricci is great. 
she actually has a hell of a kind of like a little horror uh, filmography. You know, when you go, yeah. if you go, if you count the the children's stuff as well, yeah. You know, you're talking Casper. You're talking uh, what was that one she was in with fucking Liam Neeson and Justin Long? Afterlife. Afterlife. That I was never. Great, I, that was a good. I've one. never seen it. It was good. You should check it out. I should. Adam's Family movies. These are yeah. movies that are um, of interest to horror fans, but yeah. they're not horror. Yeah, yeah. So it does count in a way. Kind of like horror how, elements, though. Yeah, genre movies. Yes, as it um, were. Christina also, Ricci is fantastic. She's beautiful. Kind of looks like Bridget, actually. She's got a little, Bridget's got a little Christina Ricci going on. I see it. Um. Also. Apologies for sucking on this cherry Tootsie Pop, but it's Halloween. You're going to hear some candy chewing. It's only natural. Yep, yep. So, it's kind of... Do you think... Oh, I just want to say some more differences. Well, come on, come on. Is that the final cut is basically Scream with Werewolves. You know, and it, it gets to that point where you find out... There's the whodunit. you got to figure out who the werewolves are. And then you find out and... um. Well, you should have watched it by now if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Judy Greer's character. And like in the Scream movies, she has this endless monologue about why she did it. (laughs) Because these werewolves, in in the final cut at least, are self... They're aware of what they're doing as they're in wolf form. And the original cut, I guess, was not like that at all. It it had more of a a classic werewolf story, as far as I know. You lose control... It overtakes you, you turn, you got no real... That I don't know 100%, but I kind of, you know, from what I've read. And this is why I should have taken notes, because I kept going, I keep going blank. But I know, I, I've read a lot of stuff. Um, go on, Jesse. Now, do you think, because this movie obviously wasn't, it wasn't a box office smash. Critics hated it. Oh. It, it fucking, it flopped. In almost every sense. And at no point do I blame Wes Craven. Well, no. But, do you think the failure of this werewolf movie in 2005 kind of led to the drought of werewolf movies that we still see to this day? I don't... I feel like there was already a drought. There kind of was, yeah. I feel like whenever they brought uh, werewolves back, it it was not a big deal for people there hasn't been another american werewolf in london and the howling was that same year too 1981 yeah which i also think is one of the best werewolf movies but kind of fell under the radar because of american werewolf in london um and i i think it's just hard for people to get werewolves right even though i think there's great werewolf movies that came out after silver bullet bad moon wolf Ginger Snaps is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But I think people find werewolves silly, sadly. And I think it's because... It's kind of a shame because it's a classic monster. It's a... Yeah. It's our... It's... And I think part of it is due to people see Landis's American Werewolf in London. They see Dante's The Howling. And I think to a degree... People, writers don't know how to write for that, especially now. 
Yeah. They don't know how to write for a werewolf for a werewolf movie. They don't know how to do that. And it comes up it can come off as cheesy. Right. And I think that's how I think people most people view curse is it comes off as cheesy. You know, you got a werewolf flipping someone off, literally a werewolf flipping someone off. I'm gonna say that again. A werewolf flipping someone off. Yes. Um and the final cut of Cursed is very cheesy and is very fun. But isn't it relieving that it's cheesy and with having a werewolf flipping someone off that yeah. they it, – it's still fun. You could still yeah. pop it in and still enjoy that version of the film. And we haven't seen the other film, the other versions of the film, obviously, because no. they're unreleased. But the fact – that it's been all but confirmed 100% that those films are still out there and they could see the light of day is is awesome. I mean, it, it immediately got me... I, like, lost it as soon as I read it and sent it, sent it to you immediately. Yeah, because that, be, that would be huge for us Wes Craven fans. Oh, yeah. Um, it'd be a great way to, like, honor him to bring his final cut to the light of day. Now, from... That cut that, you know, was supposed to be, you know, Wes's actual, you know, work and his thoughts and what he wanted in the film, a huge part of what was cut out. And I've seen some of them because it's one of the few Instagram accounts that I follow that I really think is awesome and is integral for any horror fan to follow or people that are fans of film that have effects and and Rick Baker, Rick Baker's account. Rick Baker is the greatest special effects artist that's ever lived and breathed in this world. That's my opinion, and it's yes. right. Oh, another difference: the final cut is supposed to have all, Rick, all practical effects. Yeah, and, and it was Rick Baker. They, uh, they were like taking stuff out of it. They were like trying to. I think that they were kind of pressing Rick Baker's buttons. And I almost, I almost think I read this maybe a little over a year ago. He posted a picture of what one of the the werewolves looked like, his version of it. Uh-huh. And he said this this was in the original film, and he said something about them trying to like tell him what to do as far as like the effects and the stuff that they were cutting out. And he pulled back and just said, "Fuck you, yeah, fuck you." I'm not fucking compromising. I'm not letting you trash this. I'm taking my fucking name off it. You're you're fucking... You get the Rick Baker card taken back. You're fucking done. Right. Which is... I mean, the fact that the Weinsteins, those dirty fucking money-grubbing idiots, literally showed so much disrespect, not only to Wes Craven, but to Rick Baker. Yeah. So much that they said... No, I don't want my name on the project. That should tell you how fucked up it truly was. And this is the this is a film that Wes Craven said, you know, the one lesson I learned was don't do films for money. Right. Because they paid him double. They offered him to do double to do this film. Here's what I love about Wes Craven, though. He, he did do this movie for money. and At he, least he admitted it. He had to put up with so much shit during the production, but I, I watched the making of earlier yeah. after finishing the film and he was still like having fun with what he was doing oh yeah and he was still like communicating and you know getting along great with everyone on set he didn't shut down (laughs) because you could look at it two ways i've seen wes craven criticized for being sort of like a a studio puppet and like really yes and and just let me like finish this like the weinsteins 
they think he didn't fight with the Weinsteins enough. But I think Wes Craven was just like an easygoing guy. And I think he didn't want to... This is just my personal take on, on what I've seen and what I've read about Wes Craven. I think his attitude during all this and Cursed was he was probably frustrated. He was probably pissed off at the Weinsteins. But he probably also felt a personal like responsibility to make it fun on the set for everyone that was still there working. Like right. everyone that he was responsible for. I mean, he's in it. You, you might as yeah. well make the best of the situation. Yeah, and I feel like if if it was his script, he probably would have fought harder. But it it wasn't, you know, he admitted he did it for money, so he was just going to do what he could do. Yeah. That's what I think. Now, let's, uh, you know, because there's, there's just so much to, to think about if that cat, if we could see that cast and see that, that the, uh, the uh, other cut of the film, it could... Uh, it could be really some, something really special, especially something that's mm-hmm. a little more cravenized. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the film itself, though. This the film, the finished product that we do have is campy, is enjoyable, has like good acting, has fu- funny actors, funny moments, yes. has some serious moments, and it has like a cool vibe to it. Dis- regardless of all the bullshit that has gone on with the film, it still is a very fun movie to watch. Right. It's, and you know, you got, there's so much funny shit in it. Like, uh, even like little things that's like funnier now in hindsight, like the bowling for soup, like playing it, playing little red riding hood. Yeah. It's so terrible, but so like funny. Yeah. It reminds me of a different era of like music. Right. When that was the shit that was the most popular. Right. Um, um, I, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep thinking of different differences that I remember reading about. This is why I should have taken a notes again. Um, the original version of the film, it was about three strangers, yeah, getting in a car accident, and and their they kind of their lives intersect because they're each and in, infected with the werewolf curse. And in the final film, it's about two siblings. So that's how much it hey, changed it's over altered, time. Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, you're fine. Um, there's, uh, I did like the whole sequence where the car accident occurs, mm-hmm. and Chen and Elizabeth gets. She's become somewhat of a horror darling herself. Yeah, uh, you know, in this, in uh, the Night of the Demons remake, what else has she been horror related? I'm trying to think. Is it just a scary those two? movie? Scary movie. <laughs> if that counts. So she's got a little bit of a repertoire with the horror um, community and in, in those. Um, but it just like it still has like a does it not? It does have like a little bit of a fall vibe. And I know you and I were talking about this before we hit yeah. record that there's no set date on it, right? But why do I think that there was some? Halloween stuff in the film because you failed to rewatch it before doing the podcast. Yeah, but I also asked you. Yes, and what I told you is that you were you remember a scene where people are dressed up in costumes, and you said that that was for a fundraiser. It's right? a fundraiser for endangered species, yeah. so people were dressing up like gotcha, endangered gotcha. species. And if you get a fall vibe from it, that makes sense to me. It's a horror film. I get fall vibes from a lot of horror films that don't take place in the fall yeah or don't you know it could be the fall 
Because this movie, it doesn't set a date. Right. But it, And it takes place in Los Angeles, so you really can't tell what time of year it is. Yeah. Because Pumpkinhead doesn't set itself in a date, but to me that's... Um, no, they're sweating their balls and nuts off too so but it still a, gives me a fall vibe because yeah. the wood scenes and the there's dead leaves everywhere throughout that's the movie. true now for 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 all of its flaws like we said it is still very much uh enjoyable but man it, it, if this isn't like a it almost feels like it was uh a 90s revitalization even this cut of the film when you have you know christina ricci who was who had her time in the sun in the nineties? Yeah. Joshua Jackson coming back out of obscurity to to be in this. Um, obviously, the Scott Bayo character was Corey Feldman supposed to play the Scott Bayo character? I have no idea. I don't. That know. would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, it also gave me eighties vibes. Like, can I talk about that now? Yeah, yeah. Um the the scene the. The gym scene, the wrestling scene, that reminded me of Teen Wolf. Oh yeah, I the can way see he was that. using his like werewolf strength to another great werewolf film wrestle, like how Michael J. Fox did with basketball. Yeah, and the Lost Boys vibes—they're very light, but it opens at a carnival, like a pier. Oh, I can. And that yeah, reminds okay. me of how Lost Boys opens on the boardwalk and the boardwalk. Yeah, and. The way Jesse Eisenberg, you know, you got two siblings as the main characters. Oh, yeah. The way Jesse Eisenberg's character learns more about werewolves is through, not just, I mean, with Corey Feldman, it was basically just comic books. You mean Corey Haim? Corey Haim, yes, yeah, sorry. With um, Jesse Eisenberg, he, he reads books and he looks online too, but right. there's also some comic books there, so that, that reminded me of Lost Boys. So I don't know if it was um, intentional, but... We know Kevin Williamson loves to throw back to older horror films. Right. And there was also, like, more obviously, like, Wolfman references. and Now, um, yeah, Eisenberg. It was one of Eisenberg's earlier films, too. That yeah. was before he became, like, a little Hollywood darling himself. Why do you keep saying Hollywood darling? I don't know. Horror I said darling. Horror. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Milo uh, Ventimiglia, I think that's how he's pronounce his name uh but anyway this is one of his uh i thought that this was one of his earlier films but he's been acting since 95 for 10 years before cursed yeah so um but he was also in the sabrina sabrina the teenage witch show with um melissa joan hart was that her name yeah nice anyway i just wanted to bring this up because i know he may not be talked about in this podcast anytime soon and i don't know if he claims straight edge for himself but i know he does not drink or he does not smoke um and i know he's vegan so milo ventimiglia vegan straight edge so that's why you love him so much i mean it it plays into it because he's just the man because he's awesome on this is us he's great and that's my boy adam sadler movie never seen it Fair enough. You only watch horror. I like it. I do not only watch horror. <laughs> Joking. Anyway, um, so let's talk about the effects in it. Uh, K and B took over for Rick Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, after Rick all but pulled his name off it. Um, I have to say we get a few shots of the werewolf 
that are practical. I think they might have been touched up a little with CGI. And I actually do like that design. But when it's CGI, that looks pretty terrible. And I think that might play into part of the reason people are hesitant and don't want to take on the werewolf uh, genre because it could seem... It's hard to do practically and have it look good, especially as we get further and further into the future. People don't want to spend money on practical effects. It costs time, energy, money. With um, all this technology, it should be easier to do You would those think kind of effects that I would think. But then I think people are afraid to, uh, how they're going to execute it, and it could come off cheesy. Um, so they don't. So they opt not to, which is a shame because I feel like we're, we're somewhat robbed of having good werewolf movies. But uh, late phases, I will give a lot of credit to that came out of three or four years ago, and it's uh, an amazing werewolf film. I love it. I have yet to see that, and that is a horror film. So. It is. It, it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fucking great. But, uh, yeah, I, it just seems like something that should be – it seems like – I don't know. It just seems like there should be more of a foundation and way more newer films in the horror realm that are tackling the werewolf uh, genre because i feel like they just don't like i feel like vampires get their day in the sun <laughs> pun intended um i mean but then again you don't see other than the tom cruise mummy universal reboot you don't really see the mummy or the creature from the black lagoon either but you also think when you think of like the famous monsters i mean you think about frankenstein the werewolf uh, the wolfman and dracula right yeah well i think we've talked about those on on here before but when they try to bring those classic monsters back now it's always got to be like a big action of action yeah and they don't that, they don't try they don't even try to make make it scary again that's which true maybe they maybe they could get someone to do if they hired the right people you know, and I feel, I, I, and you hit the nail right on the head, and we've talked about it before, um, because comic book movies are, like, the huge box office blockbusters that do so much uh, so much business, so much, they make so much money, the, you know, merchandising and what have you, um, they try to turn some of these bigger horror movies into those, and you'll lose the soul of a horror movie when you add too much of other genre elements into it, in my mm -hmm. eyes. I still haven't seen The Mummy, but from what I've heard, it is just a full-blown action movie. It just happens to be about a mummy. Well, yeah. Yep, I had to, I had to watch it. And uh, you had to... <laughs> so, oh, wait, so you've seen it, so... Yeah. If you had to rate it 1 out of 10, what would you give it? I'd give it, like... A five, I think, because I was expecting it to suck. I was not. <laughs> I couldn't be disappointed, so I just had fun with it as best as I could. <laughs> so it, it'd be a five because I didn't think it was good, but I was expecting shit, and I didn't get complete shit. So no, not a one. It's not a one. Are there any real ones out there? Hellraiser Revelations. It's that bad? I I could never bring myself to watch it without Doug Bradley. And if in a Hellraiser film, I don't think I could.
what are some of your favorite scenes in Cursed? I think the first kill with Shannon Elizabeth was pretty intense. It was awesome. I the, agree. The, the car accident by its alone it is yeah. kind of intense. And then the scene where she gets killed. And, and this really, like, it was awesome buying the DVD and seeing the R-rated cut. Because yeah. this wasn't in the theatrical version. You see Shannon Elizabeth get chucked over the car after you think she's dead. <laughs> yeah. And then she's just cut in half. And then her torso just starts, like, trying to crawl away as she dies. That was yeah. like, actually pretty terrifying. Yeah, that was good shit. Like, the only truly scary scene in the movie because that happens towards the 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 yeah beginning of the film i will say after i saw this film well when i got to that point my expectations immediately shot up i was like holy shit yep um did you see it in theaters no no i just said i bought it yeah Uh, um another i mean i like the death scene with maya it was after seeing scream 4 maya's death scene is like it's like he predicted the future, and he was... Yeah. You gotta remember, though, it's it's Williamson writing these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it, it takes place in a car garage, so now, like, Maya's death scene here and Alison Breeze and Scream 4 are kind of very similar. Right. And as cheesy as it is, I love... It's like a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street when the werewolf scratches its claws on the car. Yeah. Like Freddy Krueger does. So that scene's pretty cool. Um... I love the werewolf, you know, jumping out and attacking everyone at the museum. Yeah, yeah. With all the props, like there's a wolf, there's Wolfman, like the wax figures. There's a wax Freddy Krueger. I I do like the um yeah that part is like awesome. Yeah. Uh, which those are actual props from Nightmare on Elm Street, the actual Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, I did like uh. I did like the progression of Jesse Eisenberg's character, you know, slowly realizing his abilities as he realized he was a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, I like that progression into his character. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Jesse Eisenberg's a character that a part of me, like, hates him as an actor, and that part of me <laughs> loves him as an actor. I don't know where to really sit with him. Is it because, like... When he first started doing movies, his um, his whole vibe was very funny, kind of. But then he just started playing the same role over and over again. I think so. Of. Although, I mean, the so it's like in The Social Network, he played the same role, but kind of an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. I kind of feel the same way. But looking back on Curse, that was the first thing I saw him in, so I can't hate him in that. Um... Having the Scott Bayo thing, if it is Corey Feldman that was playing the Scott Bayo one, that's amazing. That's even better. This is another thing I love. Scott Bayo. Judy Greer I don't know if you ever noticed, but Judy Greer's character has this like obsession with Scott Bayo. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I could like quote something, but I haven't seen the movie a hundred times. I've only seen it fifty times. Yeah. Um I thought that was funny. Chris, anytime Christina Ricci's on screen, because she's just there's something just great about her, and we don't see enough of her, and it's just great seeing an actress like her in a, in a Wes Craven movie, she's, a later Wes Craven movie. She's one of those actresses that just has like a magnetic vibe about her. Like you, yeah. you automatically your eyes are locked on her whenever she's on screen. I think she's underrated. I think she isn't talked about 
nearly enough as she should be, and uh, I enjoy everything I see her in. And she's just she just kills everything she's in. Everything from mermaids to cursed. I don't I don't know if I've seen her in anything after cursed. Sadly. Really? Yeah. After? Oh yeah, you didn't see. Uh, I didn't see Afterlife. Afterlife. Afterlife's a good one. It's a good one. So let's uh, now that we've kind of talked a little bit about uh, cursed. Uh, maybe we'll touch back on it, but obviously there's uh, some more Wes Craven news on the horizon, and it's only fitting that we talk about one of our favorite horror directors on this episode, and it's Halloween, so it all seems uh, fitting and relevant. Let's talk a little bit about uh, possible, uh, you know, we just had Robert Englund reprise his role as Freddy Krueger in the ABC show The Goldbergs. Yep, and he had said that he may be willing to do one more he said, Nightmare he said straight up, I got one left in me. And now it's news that Heather Langenkamp just said the same thing. Now, having her back as Nancy would be awesome, right? But they'd have to, or how do you feel about I that? I think, I, I, this is my idea. If old okay. Jesse HS is writing the fucking Newton Elm Street entry, this is the way I'd go. Freddy's back. And he's taking new ass. But they have actual uh, good dream demon type, you know, dream angels, if you would. And they're the slain from prior movies. So Heather Langenkamp. Like the Peter Jackson. Yes. Part six. Peter Jackson's original. A little bit. But so if you were so Nancy it, Thompson you steal Peter Jackson's idea. Well, it's not completely Peter Jackson's idea, I'm motherfucker. Messing. I'm just messing. Um, so you have Nancy Thompson. Mm-hmm. You can have Tina. So yeah. in their oh, yeah. world, Amanda Wiz she yes. loves to come back. Yeah, I saw if, that. Yeah. So they yeah. live in a dream world where they age, so you can cover for their age, and they could say, you know, you live your life just as you would anywhere else, but you're dead and you're in the dream world or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that seems like a little stupid, but who cares? Um, so you can have those two in there. Who else? What other slain characters can you have? Well, I'd love to have Kincaid back. That's true. He is a slain character now. Mm-hmm. Chase Matthews? Wait, no, that that broke the... Yeah. Wait, not Chase Matthews. Chase, Chase Porter. Uh, Chase Porter. Chase Matthews is from Pet Cemetery too. Um, but I don't know. It it could be interesting to see what they do, but who knows? Yeah. It's I I mean I don't think he I don't think they're gonna write one for Robert Englund to do. Sadly, I think he's done. Even though I would love to see it, yeah, I don't think they're gonna get something together. But I'm saying if they did it, how would how would you feel? So we, I guess we already got that out of you. You'd want to see it if it. It would have to be written by someone trustworthy. I yeah. wouldn't. I would trust. I wouldn't trust anybody to write that film. It would have to be the right person, which is nobody. That's true. Well, that's what you're saying. You wouldn't trust anybody. I mean, I guess I could trust Williamson, but I don't know if Williamson's forte is uh, the Freddy Krueger. Uh, Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Who did oh. I say? You said Williamson. I just 
Yeah, Kevin Williamson. Um, I don't know if his forte would be uh, the Freddy Krueger character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think all these people, even Adrian King with Friday the Thirteenth, they're saying they would love it if they could come back, similar to Jamie Lee Curtis with Halloween. Now, and I don't mean any disrespect to these actresses, but Jamie Lee Curtis is a big draw because she had a big career outside of horror films. So it's easy to just bring her back every once in a while and make it a big box office hit. Yeah. Heather Langenkamp, I love her. She's my favorite of the the main slasher franchise heroines. Yeah. And uh, she's your favorite too, correct? Mm-hmm. She is. Um, but you, but you, I don't think like, you know, a wide audience, you know, like horror, there's horror movie fans, but then there's also people who casually go see horror movies. Yeah. And sadly, that's how horror movies make their money because there's so many toxic fans in the horror yeah, genre that are like, I'll wait for DVD. It's probably going to suck. It's not going to be as good as part one. And that kind of, you know, it goes with the pirating and, and everything. And speaking of pirating, we'll talk Adam Green. Because um, I know he gets on that soapbox and I can't blame him for it. Um, but you know what? Maybe... You know what I would trust? I would trust a, a, a night, new Nightmare film in the hands of, say, an Adam Green or a Joe Lynch. I feel like that they yeah. would do it justice. And I feel like Adam Green writing the Jarvis Chronicles in the Friday the 13th film was perfect. I thought it was awesome. Uh, and I feel like someone like him or a Joe Lynch would give the proper due respect to the Nightmare film franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's wishful thinking, I suppose. Old Wes, man. Yeah. It's um, a shame he's it's a shame he's gone. Well yeah, I like your idea because that way you can still acknowledge Dream Warriors. Because I think it'd be Dream Warriors is one of the biggest horror movie sequels. Oh yeah, by far. So I think it'd be I think it'd hurt fans way too much if they ignored Dream Warriors to bring Heather Lincoln back. Yeah, that's true. So so, I would I would go see it and I would accept a different timeline if it meant we had I Robert, would too and I, you know how much I love Dream Warriors. If it meant we had Robert and Heather Lincoln back in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. I'd accept a separate timeline cuz to me the Nightmare on Elm Street films are wrapped up. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it would be it would be fun to say for Freddy to almost torment them when he sees them like torment Heather Langenkamp's character, you know, Nancy yeah. Thompson and be like Oh, geez, it must suck. You're dead and you're still aging, you know, stuff like that. Like, I feel like that kind of uh, back and forth would be so much fun. fun. I would love it if they could acknowledge them all. But if they they just if they did this and they decided not to, because I I'm not that like I don't get up in arms about these things. Right. Because I'll always love like if I was going to marathon the Halloween films and have it all make sense, I'd always go with Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween H2O. Right. But I still love Halloween 4, 5, and 6. I still really enjoyed the new one. You want to like, know something, so though? I, different timelines. It doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't me either. But you know what? I can't wait for next Halloween so I can watch the original Halloween and then watch Halloween 2018 right after it. Yeah. Same here. It's going to be a treat. So let's move on to David Arquette has also just said he would love to come back. And do a Scream 5, and I feel very differently about this. 
How do you feel? I don't want to see it mostly because those were so Wes Craven. Yes. That doing it without Wes Craven just seems like, why? Right. And let me, yeah. Because it's different with Nightmare on Elm Street because he sort of separated himself from that and he let them do whatever they were going to do with Freddy. And the mythology and the character of Freddy grew without Wes and kind of took on a, a life of its own even without Wes. But yeah. the Scream series, you're talking about Wes was with every film. Yeah. And that was Wes's baby. I think, I mean, there's no denying that, you know, Freddy's the house that built New Line or, you know, or Freddy's the, the guy that built the New Line house, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, he launched so many careers. Uh, he, he revitalized uh, Wes's. Wes already had kind of made a name for himself, but he really brought rest, rest, really brought Wes to the forefront of the film, independent filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and really, really put him in the place that, you know, he deserved to be. But Scream was just his baby, man. Scream was his... Well, I don't want to shit on what you're saying. But it is it is Kevin Kevin Williamson's right. story. Right, yes, yes. But I think it was it was so amazing when the way Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson were I would, able to collaborate with each yeah. other. And the, by the time they made Scream 2, Kevin Williamson was literally just writing in certain scenes... Wes will make it scary. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, that's how. That's why. But that's why I say like it awesome was so much. Yeah. Exactly. Talk about a trust between a writer director, but that's yeah. um. But that's what I mean by it's Wes's baby. Like right. Wes was on the fly making stuff scary in certain right. scenes. Like it's and with another director, they could have changed. Oh God, yeah. Uh, the script. Um, and it, it that reminds me of the way Wes Craven and Robert Shea collaborated so well on oh, the yeah. original Nightmare on Elm Street because some of my favorite scenes like were Robert Shea's idea. Um some of not some of my favorite scenes, some of the most iconic scenes like the stairs. Right, right. Um and then That was a dream that Robert Shea had. had. Yeah. Then So with Scream, Kevin Williamson had really nothing to do with the finished version of Scream Three and I think we can agree that... They showed. It definitely showed. And he had a little to do with Scream 4. But a lot of his script was rewritten. And I I think it shows, but I still think it comes out a lot better than Scream 3. Right, did. right. So... It's with the... Uh, I, I would accept Scream 5 if, and only if, Williamson wrote and directed. I'll agree there. But I also think the best way to honor Wes Craven is to let his final film be the final scream. It's his final film. Yes, exactly. So I think you can't touch it. And also, what what and what would they have to say that's new? Because Scream was so fresh and commented on its own genre in a way that no film had ever had. And they had kind of <sighs> Scream Two commented on sequels, and that, that was very clever. Scream Three tried to come out in trilogies that no that was not very good and then scream 4 did tackle the idea of like remakes so i mean what would the theme of scream 5 even be i don't know see it's like it's like they already said and everything that there was to say i think and the fact that it's scream 4 was wes's last movie don't 
don't toy with now, you know, the mythology of it. I don't even know if Kevin Williamson would be on board with doing that. Right. But I, I love David Arquette. Yeah, yeah. More power <laughs> I will say to that. I Professional will say, wrestler now. I would accept seeing David Arquette as Dewey again. If not with Kevin Williamson writing and directing, then guest star on the TV show. Right. They have Something. the ghost face mask again. They could tie it into the movies. I could accept that as like, you know what I mean? Because it's not a movie. It's the TV show. So yeah. I don't know. If it makes sense that I would accept that, but not. If they made Scream Five, obviously we'd be there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm just saying, saying, if I was, if it, if it was up to me, no, sorry, David Arquette, but I will give you a great role in a different movie. There you go. So, uh, any closing thoughts on Cursed? I know we, we kind of got off on some Wes Craven, Craven stuff, but it was only natural we had to touch upon this stuff and. Uh, any final thoughts on Cursed? Yes, I think it's a very fun, cheesy film. And for for what it turned out to In be... In the best sense, of course. It's a Wes Craven movie. It's a Kevin Williamson written movie. And I enjoy it for what it is. But I would be so excited if they were able to release this original cut. And I think it'd be a great deal for us Wes Craven fans. Oh, yeah. It'd be a great way to honor Wes Craven. I don't see a reason not to do it if it exists. He said he did say that he doesn't know if the footage went with the Weinstein's or if another company has it now. But there's someone who has it. If they don't want anything to do with it, they would make money off it. So they should sell it to whatever company would want to release it on Blu-ray. True. If it's not, if you don't see it as a big selling point by itself. Because it's a, an unsuccessful They're releasing movie. Valentine, dude. And I love they Valentine. They are releasing and Valentine, Valentine. And, and that bombed. Right. Yeah. But if I'm just saying if they don't think... If they don't see it making a lot of money by itself, then release it as part of a Wes Craven box set. That would That would get sold. Um, so... Put please, it in a box set with My Soul to Take and something else. I'm not a big hashtag person. I only do it when necessary. But on the Bloody Disgusting article, there was hashtag release the Craven Cut at the bottom. I have now posted twice with hashtag release the Craven Cut. So if you guys could... Get that trending. Yeah. Get the word out. (laughs) Release the Craven Cut. Hashtag. Hashtag release the Craven Cut. Yeah, I'm... uh, I don't know. Wes is one of our favorites, if not our favorite director i love loved all of his work uh obviously he's immensely missed within the horror community but uh you know these the films live on and we keep watching them when i talk about them <laughs> we uh we keep watching them we keep talking about them and you know what i mean a guy that's been dead for almost three years we're still sitting here talking about what he did when he was alive so i don't think there's any better testament to to a man than that Three years yesterday. No. And two months ago. Yeah, and two months. I'm I confuse Halloween and my birthday sometimes. I feel you. I do that, even though my birthday is February sixteenth. Nineteen forty eight. Um But yeah, I mean that's uh that's cursed. Hopefully one day we see the cut that we all desire. 
And uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGuideMedia. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, rate and review on iTunes if you're listening. Rate and review on iTunes if you're listening. Rate and review on iTunes if you're listening. I just wanted to make sure I drove that point home. Release the Craven Cut. Release the Craven Cut. Release the Craven Cut. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let us know you're listening. We see the plays, but we just don't hear enough from you personally, and we would love to. Um, but, yeah, have everyone uh, have a happy 2018 Halloween.